Hello and welcome everyone to another, well, our first episode of Leafs Benny. Our names are Benson and Ben, and we are two friends who decided to start making a breakfast podcast about our hometown team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Today is April 16th, at the time of our recording. We're going to be talking about how we feel like the Leafs are doing this season, any standouts. We're going to be talking about the Leafs at the trade deadline. We're going to talk about the future of Leaf goaltending. And 12 games left at the time of our recording. How are they going to do going into playoffs? My name is Benson, but more importantly, we have my co-host, my good friend, fellow Leaf Patriot, Ben. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and you know what? It wouldn't be a breakfast podcast if we didn't first talk about what we had for breakfast. It's true. It's true. I had a cup of coffee so far because i'm in the west coast so <laughs> we record this nice and early in the morning but i do love uh eggs benedict which uh part of our nice logo is based off of. <laughs> i had a coffee too yes but I, also, I had a handful of nuts because i really like snacking on nuts and then because i'm on the complete other side of canada on the east coast it's in the afternoon so i had yep. I had some leftover pizza as well yes yep. fun fact we uh both are from ontario uh, I was born in Toronto. Uh, ben was born in Paris, I believe. Yeah, Paris, I don't Ontario. Know, hopefully that's not giving so, away too much. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's like an hour and a half outside uh, And then we both, we both moved to the separate coast, so I'm in the West Coast now, and Ben's in the East Coast, but we're diehard Leafs fans. We love them. We're like, let's, let's, let's talk about how they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think that, I think that it's really interesting because at least in our lifetime, the Leafs have never done this well before. Mm. which is just this completely foreign feeling you know 100 percent, 100 percent. so you obviously feel like they're doing really well this season well they i mean they set some franchise records in terms of like their start right uh, i can't remember what it was it was the best best record after like 32 games or something but um i think it's interesting because despite the fact that they have been essentially the best leaf team uh on on in the standings uh they've been incredibly streaky right mm, it's true it's true um so do you okay let me pose this to maybe a little more of a philosophical question that i don't want us to get too far into but do you think you'd <laughs> prefer like a streaky team like how maybe you feel like they're doing right now or like a you know win two games lose one kind of consistent the the tampa bay method yeah yeah sure we can call it that yeah i mean i i I haven't been following them super closely but they seem to never really lose more than one game Hmm. consecutively and then they win two to three you know right you have to you'd have to look that up but that's i feel like that sounds a bit right well i think part of my i don't know if i'd call it concern (laughs) <laughs> but there is an interesting stat that I uh, I can try and look up right here. Um, that's going to be hard to find the entirety of. But I think sometimes the Leafs do what a, some some teams in the lead do a lot, 
the Leafs obviously being sort of holding the North Division with 60 points right now in the lead. Um, is I feel like, you know, when they're playing against a top team, they can compete, right? There's there's no doubt about that. We've seen them this year compete against arguably the other top teams in the league. But then they play against a team like Ottawa, who is in the bottom of the standings in the North. And for whatever reason, it just feels like we either... We just always struggle every time we play Ottawa. You know, I think that's really interesting that you've mentioned that because I, first of all, I don't know if I would say that. I think that Winnipeg and Edmonton and the rest of the league are a, a playoff team, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I don't, I don't yep. think I put them top tier, but they're playoff teams. Yep. I think Montreal is like maybe fringe. Maybe they make it. Maybe they don't in the rest of the league. Okay. That's how I, at least in terms of, sure. so I don't know if like, I don't think the Leafs this year have had to play up to an opponent, you know, like they okay. haven't played Tampa, they haven't played Colorado where they would be right. playing potentially mm-hmm. up to them, right? right? I mean, it's it's hard with Edmonton because of McDavid. So it's like you play up to him in terms of <laughs> right. individual yeah. plays, but them as a team, they aren't better than the Leafs. So right. it's just like... But it's interesting that you mentioned Ottawa. Like, okay, so I was listening to an interview of Sheldon Keefe, and he was talking about sort of their struggles with Ottawa and mm-hmm. how they don't have anything to prove as a team. And he thinks that, or or he mentioned that, oh, you know, maybe they save their best effort for us because we're leading the division. Right. Maybe they come out and see it as, hey, the Leafs be challenged for us. Like, they are the team to beat uh and so right. it's maybe they bring their a game for it i don't know if that explains why we've had struggles with ottawa but well yeah but then like their i feel like their effort shouldn't necessarily dictate our effort yeah exactly or if they're you know and and i think i don't know if you've you know we've played sports before uh for those who've played sports you know i think you get those teams sometimes who you know maybe don't have the most talent uh, are young or inexperienced, but yeah, they come out. They come out hard. They come out swinging. They come to play, right? And and it's it's usually on you if you're, especially if you're like the Leafs, you know, the the top of the division to sort of either match that or or sort of uh, almost excel that. And you know, looking at their games, you know, there's one game where they 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 smoked the the Sens seven three, but apart from that, um, almost every other game is a one goal game. Yeah. And if you watch those games, I don't know how, how many of the, the Sens games you've watched, but if you watch those games, the Leafs do not look like a dominant team against the Sens sometimes. Well, I mean, there is, it, it's weird too. It, they just, they played against the Sens in such a strange way this year. I remember the, the five, the five, one loss. Like when we, sorry, when we, when we had a five, one lead and we blew it, we were just kind of dominant throughout the first two right. first i guess one and yeah. a half periods and then they ju- we just sort of stopped playing the game so it's i, I feel like at, at a certain level it's mental and i think that with the leafs it's there's always going to be an element of that in terms mm. of like what's going like why are we losing or why can't we get the power play going or you know a lot of it's not to do with whether or not we have the skill or whether or not we you know, have the the know-how or the drive or whatever. It's a lot of it comes down to mental, which is, I mean, what can you do about that? Well, I mean, that's a great point, right? About the mental is it seems like 
um, they've brought in the players to help improve that mental. Yes. Right. I mean, when you have a team like the Leafs, who for the last what four four seasons, I think it was four or five seasons, getting kicked out of the first round, or uh, or not making it very far into the playoffs. I think there was a lot of questions this year, um, if not previous years, about their mental game, right? About the young Leafs, about whether or not they're going to be able to get over that mental hump. And this year's hopefully different. Um, do you think you see any difference in their in their mental this year with like all I the veterans so. they've brought in, and especially now that they've brought in like Nick Foligno as well, who's like very historyed in the playoffs and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think I think that. Uh, I think that we still will have, and we have had mental breakdowns in terms of, especially I think with goaltending, I think there's just been some lapses there. Uh, and you can't, like sometimes if, if your goalie just lets in two goals on two shots, it's like, well, I guess we are going to have to either play really well or just lose. <laughs> yeah. Or, or sometimes, sometimes you get goalie, which just happened against Winnipeg several times. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as, I, I think, overall the general the general attitude the general um mental strength if you want if you if, if you will uh is better because of players like thornton and simmons and just the general locker room rapport and all that sort of stuff the only thing about that is that even though these players do bring intangibles there are some drawbacks because joe thornton's got like one or two points in the last 20 games right. and <laughs> yeah you love having him around but at, at a certain point you're like okay well he's not really doing a whole lot on the ice yeah for so sure right and i mean balance i mean you but then you also have like the gems in not, i don't think joe i think joe thornton was a very good risk for them to take i mean he signed for very very little um he's a fun guy to have around um sure he's great for for the kids like like mitch and matthews uh, but then you have the gems like Jason Spezza. Oh my goodness, Jason Spezza is a hero. We need to celebrate Jason Spezza every because he still produces points. Man, I I'm young enough to to have cheered for the Leafs as a kid when Jason Spezza against Jason Spezza. Yeah, was quite um <laughs> a was, thorn. <laughs> exactly when he was when he was good and when he was predominantly uh, an Ottawa Center. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves though. Jason Spezza is still good. He is, but I mean, like when he was—I mean, when he was like you know number one center, you know type type kind of player, right? But man, what a sort of arguable resurgence in his career. Though, so as I'm looking at the stats here, even when he was in Dallas, um, his, his stats weren't—he wasn't—he wasn't terrible. No, I think uh, he had one year that wasn't good, maybe. He is doing us uh, uh, better on the Leafs, though, comparatively. Comparatively, so in twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen in Dallas, over the course of two, uh, his, well, he spent. I think I guess he spent five years there. Oh my! But on his latter years in Dallas, um, he only ha- he was only getting um, he's getting just under thirty points. Right. But last year with the Leafs in fifty eight games, he had twenty five points. And this year with the Leafs in 42 games, he already has 22 points. Yep. Right. He's a he's like a point five, um, which is crazy. Point five point getter. Yeah. Who plays yeah. fourth line minutes at times? 
Yeah. And they've rewarded with the power play. Rewarded with him playing on the power play sometimes. Super interesting, I think, for me, because I think he really came in when a couple other players were coming up, like uh, Brendan Lipsick, um, people like that, who the Leafs are really trying to decide whether to keep or to ship elsewhere. Mm. You know? Yeah. Well, and there's been a lot of that. Um, you have the, the Mason Marchment uh, yes. <laughs> on Florida. And sort of everyone getting mad at management for trading him away. But, I mean, he seemed like a bust, right? And when your development, when your when your coaching system has been like, okay, we know what this guy has to offer and it's not going to work here, what do you do? You, you know, you try and get a pick, you try and get a prospect out of it, right? So, like, it just, <laughs> when players have those fluke resurgences, what are you going to do? Yeah, and I mean, of course, sometimes... Sometimes environment is everything, right? Yep. Sometimes I think you have players who um, are just going to do better in different environments or sometimes just need a new start. Yeah. Right? Um, I think one guy that we used to have that we gave away, I just need to make sure that I'm not just talking on my butt here, <laughs> who's doing decent. Well, I mean... He's he's a player. <laughs> he's he's a guy. He's a guy. <laughs> um, but I think um, Richard Panic was doing okay. Did yeah. he get traded recently? He got traded from Toronto in twenty, or he got let go in twenty fifteen. Okay. From Toronto, but I, I just I'm just saying using an example of a player who moved uh, locations. He he went to Chicago. And in twenty, you know, the twenty sixteen was a short year in Chicago. He only played thirty games, eight points. Twenty seventeen, uh, he got forty four points in eighty two games. Wow! Right. Uh, so people like that, right? Uh, I mean, at times, sometimes it's a, it's a switch of environment, right? Or like once again, when it's in our favor, Jason Spezza, little switch of environment, yep. and and it, it's it's gold. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. So other than. Mm-hmm. What? So we've talked about the Leafs season. So what are the? I mean, obviously we talked about Jason Spetz as a huge standout. Who else has been a huge standout? Yeah, I think, man, I think this year, um, for me, probably Travis Derm- Dermot, okay, has been a huge standout for me this year. Because Do you think he's- here's here's why, right? Here's yeah. why. I think because they weren't sure how much he was going to come back for, right? We knew he wanted to come back. Um, we knew the Leafs wanted him back, but it seemed at the beginning of the year like the blue line was so stacked, right, with the Leafs. Yeah. They were bringing in Miko Lettinen, I, I believe we talked about it that it was like almost guaranteed Miko Lettinen was gonna be the guy. Yep. You have Rasmus Sandin in the minors, played some games last year, seems kind of ready. Right? On on, on the Ottawa Senators, Rasmus Sandin would be playing. He's playing, yep, hundred percent. Right? Um you know, we won't we won't talk about my boy Timothy Lilligren. Uh that's fine. Um <laughs> Right, and then they bring in um, 
yeah you know and then you have travis dermott and we're kind of like well we've seen him for a couple years right what you know four years now he's played in the nhl i believe looking at his stats here we feel like uh or this is his fourth year i guess we feel like he we know what he has to bring there was flashes of like he might be like a second you know a second pair guy and then he didn't do so hot for a little bit once again we thought his job was was done right at least i thought his his spot with the Leafs was done well and you know it's interesting because i think as soon as we had traded uh Lettinen, dermot looked garbage he looked so bad for like three or four games mm. like right after we traded him and everyone's like oh why did we trade him we could have used him here right. and i mean Part of it could be, oh, you know, Dermot's not playing for a spot anymore. He knows he has the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just needs to find his mojo again. I think he's been fine recently. but um, Yeah, I, th- I think for me, you know, and I mean, players are going to have, uh, you know, little humps and, and maybe maybe he is sort of not as, you know, doesn't have as much of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I think there's still a lot of defensive prospects uh, behind him, right? I mean, we did go yeah. and get another defenseman at the trade deadline. That's true. Um, but I didn't think he was going to stay up the way that he did. He has, you know. I didn't think that he was going to be sort of um, a mainstay, a kind of constant for the Leafs, and he has. Well, that's something that's really surprising to me because I thought I had written him off. I thought his time was done with the Leafs. I think also, I think, I think a lot of people thought he was going to get traded in the offseason. Yeah. I think you're right on that. Um, I think that playing with Zach Bogosian, I couldn't stand Bogosian at the start of the season. I think Me most neither. Of us couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> he was, and that could have been maybe he just didn't know the systems or whatever. He was getting too many penalties. It was bad. But the second half of the season, especially, Bogosian has been nothing but consistent and steady. Yeah. And he and he and Dermot almost at times look better than Hall and and Muzzin. And I I mean I think that's. You know, you have to put an asterisk there because Hall and Muzzin are drawing almost always the number yeah. one line, but um, they have looked. They they don't seem to make as many mistakes pinching. They don't seem to make as many mistakes breaking out. Um, so I I feel like yes, hundred percent, you're right. And I think that having Bogosian there as as a bit more of a rock, a bit more experience, really has helped Dermot. Yeah, I remember, man. I remember at least when when Dermot first came out, like people were so high on him, yep. and then his fall from grace was so so far. <laughs> but yeah, I think the third line, uh, the third line defense has really been, like I said, a surprise. Like for going into the season, looking at their roster and saying, how are they going to feel like possibly like eight defensemen, right? And they signed these guys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I would not have guessed that Dermot and Bogosian are the ones who are here today playing, like, <laughs> the consistent third-line pair for the Toronto Leafs. It's, it's exciting for Leafs fans because I don't remember a time where we didn't have chronic anxiety when our third-pair defenseman came on the ice. <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure we haven't sure. had that every time the third pair got on the ice you're like white knuckling it like oh, oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> hemmed in your own end fire drills left and right this year's been a revelation it's been insane yeah <laughs> uh, absolutely insane 
Um, yeah, any other standouts for you particularly? I mean, there's, yeah, there, there's so many. It's easy there's when we're lot. doing well, right? But There's a lot. I think that we could talk about a bunch of different players. I want to mention a couple. Uh, I think Justin Hall, when he has an assignment especially, mm. is an incredible shutdown D and doesn't, I mean, he does get a lot of credit when he shuts down McDavid, but it's not exclusive to McDavid. Mm-hmm. I think that when he's playing just, when he's just playing hockey, um, and he doesn't have that. I have to make sure that this player doesn't score. There are mistakes, but um, so I think that situationally, Justin Hall can be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tavares, I think everyone was really. Um, I guess, I guess he hasn't had as much goal scoring this year. Um, but if you look at what he's doing, especially when he's on the ice with, I mean, some people don't like Tavares Willie, but I think that. Uh, they work really well together and he's turned into a bit more of a playmaker hmm. uh, or he's diversified his game and his defense has been really good. Um, so I think that Tavares has been, um, I, I guess this is less so a disappointment and more so he's continued to roll uh, and his points per game is about the same as it was last year anyway. So. Well, it's interesting, right? Cause I think in the short time we've seen Tavares um, as a leaf, He's had so much, uh, like, change. Yeah. It seems like he's always the guy whose line, you know, gets sort of flipped, the f- you know, first. And it yeah. feels like this year, for the first time, he's had some consistency. And I think he maybe has found a bit more of an identity within the team in yeah. his play style. You know, it's it feels pretty, like, you know, it's always Nylander Tavares, like, who's going to be that third, right? Are we talking about Galchenyuk? Are we talking about, you know, um, now Felino? Like, are we talking about whoever, right? Whereas, like, before yeah. it was, like, they tried Tavares and, and Marner right at the beginning, and then they sort of, you know, that was a thing, but then they kind of switched it up, and and feels like he's always the first one whose line gets shaken up. Uh, so I think he's found some consistency there, and they found they've yeah. found a lot of success, I think, this year. I think so too, but also uh, like you can tell there's a huge difference between when when he plays with Marner and when he plays with Nylander because when he plays with Marner, he's the goal scorer. Mm-hmm. But when he plays with Nylander, it's split pretty evenly, right? Because Nylander he is a like I mean I don't think he's a pure playmaker. He might not be a pure goal scorer either, but he can do both. And mm-hmm. I think Marner. You know, he says he's worked on his shot. Yeah, that's great. He's still got the third best shot of the big four, right? So, yeah. Sorry, the fourth best shot yeah. of the big four, right? So, like, you know that, you know that there's, if Tavares plays with him, he's going to be the goal scorer there. For sure. Uh, so I think that, and, and it speaks to, it speaks to Tavares's adaptability, I think, that he has been able to still find success, albeit maybe less, uh, it's less pronounced and maybe people are taking less notice of it, but. I don't know. I, I think that I think that he has been a standout for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, quiet, the quiet standout, the quiet captain. That's, that's right. How that's very, right. how very Toronto Maple Leafs. That's right. Let the kids do the thing. Yes, and of course Austin Matthews is running away with the rocket. On, and if injuries, yeah. if injuries don't keep him out, then he should he should have that in the bag. So yeah. I think that's exciting for I think that's exciting for Matthews because he's been kind of chomping at the bit for a couple seasons. For sure, for sure, and I think it, it's interesting the the evolution of the discussion of Matthews within context of the league because I remember when he was drafted, right? Um, yeah, 
because uh, who came, who went right after? It was Patrick Line. It was it was Line. Yeah. It was Patrick Line, right? So there was like that comparison for a while, and I'd like to say that you know that conversation is done. That oh, Matthews is very you know, easily. You know, that like people who are like, ah, maybe, you know, maybe line A, you know, it's it's not even close, right? And right at one point it's like, well, line A is gonna be like this huge goal scorer and Matthews is, you know, has these other things as well. It's like, well I think now Matthews is is blowing him out of the water and goal scoring as well, right? As well, yeah. Uh, so then now the conversation is 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 arguably with mcdavid right this matthews mcdavid which conversation. is crazy i mean it's so cool though it's so cool i think that there there are a clear-cut top three in mckinnon uh, mcdavid and matthews um there are other players in that conversation and of course i think that Sidney crosby is always going to be one of the best forwards and maybe he's dropped off a little bit comparatively but um I don't know. There's a bunch of other players always get thrown in that conversation that just have large, larger holes, I think, in their game that aren't never really accounted for. And um, Matthews, McDavid, and McKinnon, while they do have some weaknesses, are much more rounded. And I think that's a huge part of the conversation. Yeah, and I think if he gets that, you know, Rocky Richard Trophy, like that's just gonna be another sort of little pin to secure him in the. Uh in the conversation for years to come. I agree with that, yeah. Though, um, as we move into talking about the trade deadline, one thing that I wanted to bring up in this conversation with Matthews and, and top players and, and awards is I really hope that Matthews, and I, I don't think so. I mean, it's arguable, but we also have Taylor Hall, right? Who, of course, has been oh, no. a huge point of conversation <laughs> around the trade deadline, right? Yep. This big name, and he he won the what the MVP like not too long ago, three years ago, I think. Yeah, but he's his stock has just dropped. Yep. Right with his trade, uh, with him signing with Buffalo, he hasn't looked good this year at all. So all I'm saying, why I bring that up is, I don't think Matthews is going to be a Taylor Hall. Um. I mean, Taylor and Hall has, he has one good year and then <laughs> yeah, and then just kind of falls off. But um, yeah, let's talk about the trade deadline. Yeah. Spe- speaking of Taylor Hall, now now a Bruin. Oh, my gosh. I know. And that actually was a little stress. I feel like for all Leafs fans, that feels stress inducing. But if we do end up playing the Bruins, it won't be till the third round. And Taylor Hall doesn't feel like he's that player anymore anyway. So Well, I, I don't know. Let me let me pose you. Let me pose this to you. If the Bruins are at full strength with Taylor Hall, we'll say at like relative full strength, right? Like like how he, you know, uh, you know, played a couple years back. Do you think that the Leafs can compete? Do you think that we would still be the favorites going in? I don't know if we would be the favorites, but I do think that we would be able to compete. I think that it would probably still be a close series. But if you think about it, two years ago when the Leafs were a much worse than they are now. We still took them to game seven. The mm-hmm. year before that, we took them to game seven. So, and that was a much better and much younger Bruins team. So I think that you have to, just just based on that, you have to give the Leafs an edge. Mm-hmm. I still think that because it's Boston, it's going to be, you know, there's no way that we're going to sweep them because it, you know, it's Boston. It has to go all the way. So... Yeah. I think you have to give the the edge to the Leafs. 
Well, one thing that's really interesting, right, is I remember those those years playing Boston. Oh, I remember those years playing Boston. The playoffs. And our our little Leafs just getting tossed around, right, getting roughed up. Like, it, it felt like we could never compete physically. Yeah. And someone made a really great point this year that, man, like, you know what? Like, management, you know, hats off to them because... You know, a couple years back, the Leafs are known for being this very high-skilled team, right? But look at who they've surrounded the Leafs with. And look at who they got at the trade deadline. They got a guy like Nick Foligno. And I don't know if the... And even um, Riley Nash. Yeah, Riley Nash as well. Like, I don't know if the Leafs... I don't... The Leafs aren't this sort of, like, only skill, small, speedy team anymore. Yep. They got some big guys. They got some physicality. Right, I think Jake Muzzin was sort of the start of that, possibly. Yep. But I think they really went out and were very intentional, right? Wayne Simmons, um, Nick Foligno, guys like that, um, to really, really get some physicality on the back end. Make yeah, sure they don't I get think, pushed around anymore. I think it's interesting. I think that it, it'll be interesting. Uh, especially in the playoffs, although, like I said earlier, we wouldn't be playing Boston to the third round right. at the very at the earliest uh, if we played them at all. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting that we have all of these. We have like checkers, right? If we want to call them checking players, mm-hmm. um, how they're how they're going to be interspersed throughout the lineup because um, we had that that one line of Mikheyev, uh, Hyman, and Engvall as a checking line, but none of those guys are like gonna run anyone over. Yep. You know they're gonna play hard. They're gonna be fast, but they're not gonna. They're good with their sticks, but they're not gonna run you over. Not not like Nick Foligno will run you over. Or Wayne Simmons will run <laughs> yeah. you over. Right. Yeah. So it'll, I think it'll be interesting to see how that how these guys are implemented into the lineup. Whether they'll be like a pure like fourth or third line that's dedicated to that or whether they're going to be interspersed, which I think is the more likely option. Right. So you would, you would, uh, you would support more, you would hold more to the interspersing of physical guys throughout the lineup than sort of committing to, because we've seen both approaches, right? You have like, some teams have like the checking line, right? Um, Try and match up. I think probably, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not going to write out my lines right here, but I would probably still put Nick Felino with, with Tavares and Nylander to give them a bit more bite. And then you could have like, and this is of course like playoffs. We're not talking about before that. So you could have Riley Nash in there with like Wayne Simmons mm-hmm. and you could still have your third line. That's a checking line, but with Engvall, Hyman and, and Mikheyev. I don't know who are like I know you have to scratch like one or two players probably Joe oh, Thornton, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there's there they have a lot of options with it which is really good. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a really good lineup. So you'd play Galchenyuk with with Matthews with and Marner. Matthews yeah. And Marner, yeah. I mean then then you're looking your third your third your fourth line is yeah, if your fourth line is Riley Nash, Wayne Simmons and Jason Spezza, that's that's not bad. I assume that's who's gonna. I assume Spets is not coming out, but. <laughs> oh no, I, I I can't. You can't take Spets out. He's yeah. he's got hero moments, man. He's got hero moments. It's true, it's true. When he's the guy winning you the shootout, like you gotta play him. Regarding Nick Foligno and the trade deadline, how do you feel about the Leafs giving out a first rounder and a fourth rounder for like Nick Foligno? 
Two fourth no. rounders. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Stefan Nosen is yeah. part of the the trade, right? I think so it's Nason, I think, or is, is it Nason? Okay, I think so, but I don't. I'm not yeah. Sure. So why why Stefan Nason uh, or Steven? I don't know how Stefan probably. Um, you know, it's not like he's this like amazing player or something. But part of it was for retention of salary, right? So yep. for those who don't know, the Leafs, Nick Foligno basically got traded for a sec- hot second to the, the Sharks so that uh, his retaliate could be retained basically 25% uh, from Columbus and then 25% from the Sharks and or something like that basically is how, yep. how it happened. So yeah. that's how so we got him on the team. paying like 1.2 or something yeah, crazy? Yeah, for this season. It's really low. And then yeah. he's a UFA, yeah. How do you feel about first rounder though effectively? I mean, we gave up a first rounder to get rid of Marlowe, so... I mean, no, Marlo had a, a huge cap hit, right? It was like did. 6.5 or 7. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And it was for another year after as well or something. It was a mess. Um, I think I can't remember. But either way, I feel like giving up a first rounder is never ideal. But when you're trying to go for it and you know what you're getting is going to be a potentially huge like a valuable asset come Mm. playoffs because you're looking at playoffs right you're not thinking oh this guy's going to help us get to the playoffs um so i think there's that distinction to be made as well i mean it's not cheap right yeah it's not cheap yeah i i think you know it's interesting looking at the the what the moves that the leafs made because i'm trying to think if we if we made all the moves minus this one for nick felino how would I feel as a fan, right? Riley Nash seems, you know, experienced, decent, but not like, not like necessarily a top player. There's a lot of sort of extra guys, right? With David Riddick, um, or Riddick, um, Ben Hutton, Ben Hutton, like yeah. things like that, right? Um, it felt like they're really shoring up sort of m- potential gaps at this point, mm-hmm. right? But do we and really need in- Nick insurance Lino? for injuries? As mm-hmm. well. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, do we really need Nick Foligno? But sometimes, you know, maybe it's like there we really do games. need to come get over the hump, right? Yeah. And I think... In- well, and like mm-hmm. we said earlier, I think part of it's about mental. You mm-hmm. sometimes, like, I mean, I, I know Joe Thornton's great. And he's he's going he's gonna to encourage the kids or whatever. But, I mean, sometimes you do need, you need a guy who's going to get you hyped. Right who's going to show that in his game. And I think Wayne Simmons does that to a certain extent, although we haven't really seen it in the last, like since he came back, really, we haven't yep. really seen that. Um, and I, I do like, do we need Nick, Nick Foligno? Maybe not, but the team did get better with his. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And as we mentioned off the top, like at least I was saying this to someone the other day, I think this is the best Leafs team of my lifetime. It's the most competitive. It's probably the strongest Leafs team of my lifetime. If there is a year to go for it, now is the time to go, right? And Well, and you're looking at being the best in your division as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that first rounder, what ultimately makes it okay for me is with the emergence of Nick Robertson, <laughs> who got his first <laughs> NHL point in the season the other night. That's right. Right? Because, like, you know, 
he's I think he was in the second round, right? He was second rounder. He was a second round pick. Like yeah. he is pretty much playing like he's projected to be, you know, a a NHL player in the future. Right? And it yep. feels good. It feels like he, you know, would be a first round pick, you know, let's admit like, like a lower first round pick, but like Well, and he was super young too, right? Like if he yeah. his birthday was a week or something um earlier, he goes uh, this past year instead of the year before. Yeah, so it feels like, yeah, we're losing a first rounder, but if we keep finding gems yep. in the second round from Europe, which I think the Leafs have done a great job of consistently with guys like Bakayev, um, even if Miko Lennon, you know, we didn't have space for him or he wasn't a good fit, doesn't mean he's a bad player, right? But oh, the right. Leafs are, are really good, it seems like, of finding these diamonds in the rough. And I think in that way, like, the first rounders don't feel so bad. Except for goalies. We struggle to find goalies. Well, yeah. I mean, that is that that's that's an interesting conversation that I think we're gonna talk about a little bit more about later in the podcast. Uh, how do you feel about the other trades that the Leafs have made in the deadline? Well, I mean, if I think that other than Nick Felino, the rest of those guys uh, outside of Riddick are, and even Riddick to a certain degree, are really just insurance. Like mm. now we we have guys, right? Because we lost VC, we lost um, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh oh gosh, I'm blanking. We lost another fourth line player who I've already forgotten <laughs> to the Vancouver Canucks. Um, so I, I think that you're you're just trying to get guys. Mm. you're just trying to get guys and that way i mean it means that you don't have to put as much pressure on a guy like nick robertson who i think has played incredibly well the last couple games he's played with an amount of uh an incredible amount of tenacity and incredible amount of bite mm-hmm. he's wanted it like you right. can see it whenever he, whenever he's on the ice he wants it and um even adam brooks last last uh, last night you could tell that he he was out there to for a spot he's out here to try and stay uh, and you don't see that sometimes with some of the other lines and some of the other guys, um, which I think is it's really good to be able to inject that into your lineup. But you don't want them to necessarily be mainstays at this point in their career. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, I think it's great to have, you know, just having guys. For sure. And I think there's something about a couple of those guys as well, you know, um, either hindering or um, helping their their development. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it was great that we brought brought Nick Robertson to the playoffs last year in the weird, awkward bubble playoffs. Right, he played a little bit, um, but you know, is now really the time, for, the best time to really introduce him to you know a full schedule and then uh, sort of increase elevated um, intensity of the playoffs. Right, probably not fully, and there's also arguments about uh, contract burning. Right, depending on how many games, like someone like that plays in the play in, in the nhl if uh it burns that sort of for sure of his uh of his of his entry-level contract yep yeah that's you know that's all part of the the question you want to you want to help them reach their ceiling because i think that's the beautiful thing about some of the prospects we've we've picked up in the last uh two to three years is a lot of them have really high ceilings and that was something that the leafs seemed to struggle with before is getting guys that had lower like 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 our our great friend Frederick Gautier 
<laughs> yeah. Freddy the Goat, who was much beloved, but had just not a very high ceiling at all. No. And he projected to be, and a first rounder who projected to be as high as a third third line center. Like, yeah. you got to shoot higher, right? Even if it's a risk, even if it might end up being a bust, you got to shoot for a higher ceiling than that. Uh, especially in the first round. So I think that yeah. that's something, and it speaks to um, the whole process. And as far as trading away picks, it's not that big a deal if you can find diamonds in the second and third round as well. Yeah. Um, or like I mentioned, like overseas or, or yeah. um, Galchenyuk, right? Like trading Galchenyuk. for sort of um, not disgraced players, but uh, almost. Like players that need to be rehabbed yeah, or something. Yeah, a hundred percent. Right, it looks like his career is turning around with the Leafs, and if he, you know, does as as well as he did in Montreal, I mean, what a steal! Yep, what a 100%. steal! Right, and so. Although he's under contract for this year, or is it just this year? Uh, I can see you next year. Because that's, of course, a concern. If if he comes out and he's like, "Well, I want, I want, I don't know, two point five, or I want four, or whatever." Galchenyuk is a UFA next year. Yep. So that'll be something to yeah. have to figure out. Yep. It's true. It's true. But I don't think he's he's doing he's doing well, right? So, for example, this year, in fourteen games, he has seven points, two goals, five assists. Okay. Well, he was not- on Ottawa. Where he only had he played eight games and only had one goal. Yep. So he's doing well, but is I don't know if he's doing well enough Does to he, yeah, to, to get like a, you know I don't know four million dollars or something, right? No, uh, something like I think, that. Uh, the the general like eye test, I think maybe doesn't quite compare him to Hyman, but I think he's maybe in that ballpark in terms of what he's able to do or what he's capable of doing. Um. And as far as he is, you know, a top nine player who can play on the first line, who can contribute, who can score, who can grind, right? Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's projecting Hyman to get a fairly substantial raise. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Zach Hyman is. I mean, everyone wants Zach Hyman. Yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, it it also helps when you play alongside, you know, the players <laughs> that 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 Galchenyuk is playing alongside right now. Yeah, so. but I mean, we've seen players play alongside them and just not have success as well. So it's true, it's true. Yeah, but then again, not every player is a is a top six six player, right? Top nine player, right? So, yep. Um, but I think he actually, because I believe we traded for him, right? Yeah, Hyman. I think we did when he was still a prospect, similar to um. Oh, the guy we got from the Devils forgotten his name i blanked a bunch today well i was gonna mention uh actually what i was getting at was was galchenyuk right yeah we didn't get him at the trade deadline but it was a trade this oh, year it was right? a trade it yeah. was a trade That's right true. so he's actually another piece that just panned out for the leafs yep and their their amazing work speaking um, well mm-hmm. maybe we transition to to david riddick then yeah for sure since we're still talking about trades that yeah. we've made i think the goalie conversation is really interesting oh, man and- I'm very pleased that we got David Riddick. Yeah. Um, not because he's going to be a superstar, but because goaltending has been one of the big inconsistencies that. Uh... Yeah, 100%. So I believe, I don't know if it was Dubas who said it, but someone like from the Leafs 
has pretty much said, I think it was Dubis who said, well, Freddie's done a lot of work for us like the past couple of years. And so we want to make sure he's nice and rested and whatever. And David, David Riddick is insurance. Right. Um, but Jack Campbell is doing so well now. I mean, he finally lost a game. <laughs> two. He's lost. Two, yeah, he's finally lost oh, two games. Yeah, but yeah, sort of. How do you feel about the Leafs and goaltending right now? Is 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 David Riddick just insurance? Um, you know, in case a bunch of goalies get hurt, or is it really sort of a hint at possibly, you know, the end of Freddie with the Leafs? I don't, so it's interesting because Jack Campbell's still got a like next year. He's signed on for next year. Freddie and is up is up this year. Freddie's up and Riddick is up as yep, well. Riddick is up as well. That's right. So essentially, they have the option of doing a one A one B with with either Freddie or or Riddick and then Campbell. Um, I think Riddick makes more sense as a goalie tandem with Campbell because Freddie is traditionally a. He's a starter. He plays 60 games, right? He's not really a guy who's ever traded in and out. Um, so yeah. I think if he stays, then he's going to have to get used to maybe doing something similar to that. But also, there's the cap hit problem, too. Like, Freddie makes five. Yeah. And there's a precedent that he makes that or more going forward based on what goalies got in the offseason mm. this past year. Yeah, I, I think it's important to note that I think part of the reason Freddie came to Toronto was that there was that competition, I believe, in Anaheim, where he was, mm. with yep. John Gibson. And Gibson ultimately won it out, by, but not by, like, that much, right? So yep. I, th- I wonder if, if part of Freddie is, like, yeah, I want, you know, I want to know and I want, that I'm the guy. I'm your guy. And I want yep. to be the guy, and I want to play a lot of games. Yep. Right. Um, for me, it's really interesting because I uh, another team that I follow kind of closely is the LA Kings, where yeah. we got Jack Campbell from. Um, so I I've known he's been pretty decent <laughs> when because uh, Jonathan Quick is unfortunately no longer uh, in his old form, but Jack Campbell you know did a lot of time with the Kings and played pretty decently with them. Um, so it's it's really interesting to me the the so he's used to being a backup, but it's sort of also re- reemergence as a potential starter type player is fascinating, right? I don't. I'm, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was I just wanted to say like I know that there's been a, a whole ton of hype around Jack Campbell becoming a starter, but I don't know if a he's. Like, there's two things that I think are, are barriers for him. First of all, he's not really used to the workload. And so I think that physically, him being able mm-hmm. to keep up with that is a question. Because it seems like he gets injured somewhat easily. Mm-hmm. So that's a big question mark. And the second is mentally, right? Mentally, can he keep... Like, he's. I think he's good good with a, with a backup position as far as mentally being able to, to stay on top of it. If he has a bad game, you know... He doesn't have to play for another week and a half, two yeah. weeks, whatever. Um, but starter, it's like game in, game out. If you have a bad game, you have to bounce back and play two nights from now, right? So I think that's a big question mark as well. Uh, not that I don't, I think he's talented enough to be a starter. Mm-hmm. That's not, I think, the question. I think he's talented enough. He's, he's got the ability, but there's a few, a few things that I think 
um, could stop him potentially from reaching that. So let me ask you this, right? Let's say it's 12 games from now. Freddie is fully healthy. Mm -hmm. Everyone's fully healthy. First run in the playoffs. Who do you start? Do you start Campbell or do you start Freddie? I think you probably start Campbell. I think you start Campbell, and if it goes terribly, next game you, you put in Freddie. Okay. Um, I think that's how you approach it, because Campbell has earned the right this season yep. to start in the playoffs. I would agree with that, yeah, for sure. It's interesting to me as well. I don't know if it's been brought up too much, though, with Freddie, that I don't know if his performance in the playoffs has ever been spectacular for the Leafs. I think... I don't think it's well. I mean, we only have we have a small sample size because it's For only sure. in the first round. Well, but that's part of the argument. I think I'm trying to think if I've ever remembered a game where Freddie has like stolen a game for the Leafs in the playoffs. He shut out in the play, and he shut out the Blue Jackets in game. Right. Three, two, okay. one of them. Okay. One of the middle games, he shut them out. Um. I don't. He's never. He's never. He's never made a big enough impact to swing to swing a series, which I think is the issue. Yeah. Uh, that in his performance in Game Sevens has historically been. Well, bad. Ex- yeah, exactly right, and I think that's part of where I'm struggling with Freddie. Is does Campbell give you a a, a new look right in yeah. the playoffs? Someone who's fresh. Even Riddick, honestly, even Riddick. Not not to say that he wins the spot over yep. Campbell or Freddie, but like it's nice to know that you have options. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of pointed to the fact that you think Freddie can if I'm hearing you correctly, yeah. That if he does resign or if he signs somewhere else, you think he can make more than five million? Yes. In the offseason. A hundred percent. All right. I think he can. I don't think that the Leafs should sign him for more than five. And I think if they do sign him for five million, that that's probably acceptable. Like it's it's probably okay. Right. Uh, hmm. But I think that he can make. I think that he can make, uh, not more than six elsewhere. Okay. Okay. Super interesting. Yeah, because once again, he's he's up. Right. He's up this year. They gave him, you know, in faith, a, you know, decently lengthy contract. I believe. Um, yeah. Or like it was five for five or something. Yeah, um, which I think it was a fine deal for Freddie. Honestly, yeah, I think it worked well for both the team and for him. Right. So uh, you know, sitting here today, do you, you know, looking at the numbers, looking at the players, do you? I maybe part of the question is, do you take that risk with Campbell and Riddick, right? Or do you resign Freddie because they could save a lot of money? They could if they go with Campbell and Riddick. I agree. I think they could. And I think that maybe the front office, I, I think that there's a lot of benefits to letting Freddie leave. Mm. Um, I think that it looks better on them as an organization than trading him away. And I'm glad they didn't trade him away, not because I think that he's invaluable for playoff success, but because I know that the team that would be, I think it would leave a bad taste. Mm. Um, and you don't want that. And I think allowing Freddie to try and, to try and, if he wants to stay in Toronto, then maybe he just has to play for whatever we're able to give him. And that's yeah. fine. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But if he does want to make $6 million somewhere else, like, 
Yeah. That's on, that's on him then, right? I think the precedent then is on on him instead of management for forcing him out. I think that's a big I think that's a big deal especially the players who are attached to Freddie. For sure. Yeah, cuz I think he has a lot of history with a lot of especially the young players, right? Especially Matthews, they, I would say. They came up together, right? In some yeah. well, yeah, sort of. They kind of sort of came up together in some ways. It's really interesting to me the conversation about goaltending and and letting goaltenders go because I think historically, from what I've observed, and, and feel free to disagree with me, but historically it seems like, especially when it comes to playoffs, the hot hand is really what both gets you there and usually wins you the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, I remember, um, right, like uh, Bennington, right? Or Bennington, Bennington I believe, with Bennington, the Blues, yeah. who was like a rookie goalie went off in the playoffs spectacular for them matt murray right with um vasilevsky yeah vasilevsky like but uh and someone even so well i don't know if he went off but he's been a very consistent playoff performer um uh, when the capitals won brain holpe yep. brain holpe actually has crazy stats in the playoffs like crazy stats i think he's like a career like 0.94 playoff goalie oh. it, it's actually crazy right or like uh a couple years back now but when before carry price got injured i think it was series against washington and he seemed like he was carrying them but some of these names i bring up because then you watch them leave yeah and oftentimes these goaltenders depending on environments sometimes they get a big contract they don't seem to be able to carry teams back to the playoffs or in the same way yeah you know there's a bunch of them there's a bunch of them mentioned yeah exactly right hope i think is with vancouver this year yeah um matt murray is now with ottawa (laughs) like what you know what happened to him so there's definitely sort of i think some greats you could argue some great goalies that are very very consistent like if you look at what mark andre Fleury is doing with the golden knights Right, Carey Price, of course, is kind of having a resurgence in his career this year. Um, there's a couple who are very consistent, but then there's some who win because they're very hot, but then sort of drop off. Right, so yeah. I think a part, you know, and I think you kind of mentioned this earlier that the one area that maybe the Leafs have fallen short in scouting and development stuff is goaltending. Yep, goaltending is always a question, even now. I mean, I was really high on a couple goaltenders that the Leafs had in their system. Um, I was a Garrett uh, Garrick Sparks believer, but even and now honestly, I'm kind of like he won the Calder. Like, yeah, he was an amazing most- AHL goalie. Yeah. Um, but they just have not, you know. There's a guy named Joseph Hall, I believe, who I'm, Wall, or Wall, Wall, Wall yeah. Not, yeah, Joseph Wall, who I'm trying to be really excited about, but but um. But the Leafs have just, you know, it's it's been kind of bare. I don't know if we have one of these sort of young, hot goalies, right? Maybe Jack Campbell this year is is going to continue, you know, yep, being super think, hot going into the playoffs. I think that the the management has done as good a job as they could to try and shore up that position, right? Like they've gone out, they've gotten they've gotten Riddick. We got. Uh, is a Finnish guy from Columbus or Vevelinen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's 22 or 23. 
Uh, he hasn't played much, but he's a guy, right? As a four, I guess he's a fifth string because we have Hutch as well. Yeah, <laughs> we do have Hutch. Oh, um, good old Hutch. So, who won games for Colorado in the playoffs? Like we have guys, um, and if one guy, you know, lets in two goals on two shots, then you know you have other guys. So right. at the end of the day, I think they've they've done their due diligence in making sure that. Um, there is there is somebody and it's not freddy or bust Mm -hmm. yeah a hundred percent i think that's that's the big difference this year that you're that you're mentioning i think you hit the nail right on the head that for i think maybe for the first time in Mm -hmm. in quite a few years it hasn't felt like we've only had one guy yeah right um i think the only time i can remember when we had sort of two guys but then now that you look at it, you're like, really, those are the two guys? <laughs> was like Jonathan Bernie and James Reimer when you're like... <laughs> mm. Who are both starters? Actually, I'm not sure if Reimer's starting in Carolina. But, I mean, he has started in... Like, he has been a starter in Carolina. Yeah, but I mean, like, you're not... They're kind of like, hmm, who do I put in tonight? <laughs> like, like, if those are my options, you know, uh, like, they're kind of both career fringe starters, right? But yeah, yeah, it exactly. feels like this year we actually legitimately have a tandem of three that can, like you yeah. said, right, that can really step in and possibly one of them gets hot, right? And Poss- and that's the that. thing, right? And there doesn't seem to be a huge rhyme or reason to when and which goalies get hot in playoffs. And so it's like, yeah, we have... We have three, so maybe one of them gets hot and we ride that. Maybe, you know, and if one of them is, like, if Freddie's having a breakdown in the playoffs for whatever reason, you don't have to keep playing him, mm-hmm. right? You can be like, okay, Campbell, it's you're up. Like, Yeah, whereas, like, whereas before it's like, well, uh, well, well Freddie, you're Freddy, going you're back playing. in. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think that's good. I, I would love to see Freddie get a decent contract elsewhere i hate saying that because i think he's done so much for this organization yeah but i think the money doesn't work Mm -hmm. for sure i think that's the biggest issue yeah because let's say let's mm -hmm. say you give you give hyman a raise maybe we can convince galchenia to come back for a small raise like yeah simmons is up as well fully simmons we're probably not keeping fully you know but he's he's a rental um, for sure yeah but there's a bunch of ufas (laughs) that's as a ufa (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gotta pay spezza his due man <laughs> yeah um and i think one of the things that i think the leafs have done really well over the last couple of years that i've noticed is they're really good at convincing players to take less when it comes to that contract but you mean they, with the exception of our star players yes at at the yeah exactly right okay um but arguably um you could actually argue that they've, uh, well, maybe not Tavares because Tavares signed like, yeah, but you could argue Mitch could have went went for more, right? Um, but I don't know. I think Mitch <laughs> is still a little bit overpaid. He is, just but I'm, because, I'm just saying at just the time, right? Winger, the, yeah. the contract negotiation at the time. Yeah. One of the big things was like, well, why am I not making as much as Matthews, right? Yeah. At at the time, at the time. Um, but I don't think they've ever, I've ever seen anyone kind of just straight up take a pay cut yeah. right to stay like for example what i mean is like for example when zach hyman signed i think mm-hmm. he could have signed for more 
but I yeah. think they convinced him to take a little less, right? I think Travis Dermott could pro- could have possibly pushed for more, but you know, Mikheyev could have pushed for Mikheyev, more, yeah. but like they because of the culture that they have of winning, and yeah. I think that they're doing well, and and this is a huge credit I think to Dubis actually is they've somehow convinced these guys they're like okay listen you're gonna take a little bit less or we're gonna win, right? So they don't they don't get the most that they could possibly get if they went out on the market, etc. Mm-hmm. Right? But I don't know if I think you're right. I don't know if someone like Freddie could ever take below what he's already yeah. making, right? Because it's not like his performance has actually, I think, even really dropped off. I mean, this year I think is uh, has been his worst year in Toronto. Right. Last year wasn't amazing, but it also wasn't. It wasn't given what was happening. It wasn't terrible either. I don't think. Um, but I, I think that anomaly seasons don't speak into the conversation of your contract as much as your historical body of work, Yeah, which is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that also given the, like the comparables for Freddie are really, really good because you've got goalies like, um, Matt Murray and Braden Holtby who've had like one or two really bad years. They're still commanding $5 million plus, right? So that that I think allows Freddie to very easily make at least 5 million. If, especially if he goes out on free agency. Yeah. Someone, someone's going to pick him up, right? Like 100%. he's, he's not like, he's not in trouble of, of not Edmonton, having a job. Edmonton year. might pick, like they would, they would they love would, to have Frederick goal. Anderson, right? 100%. Like, um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that it's, if, if Freddie is not willing to play for a bit less, I think the Leafs have to let him go. Right. What would be and your think, what would be your limit if you're you know playing the Leafs GM seat right now in the off season? That's a good question. I think I'd give Freddie. I feel like this is already such a hot take. Oh, it's all good, man. <laughs> I feel like I would give Freddie four million for two years. Ooh, all right. So you'd actually go. You'd go lower. You'd go lower I, than five. I, I think you have to. I think you have to okay. go lower than five. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I think that that's. I think that's reasonable although i i again like freddie knows he can get more elsewhere so why would he take four million at two years right for sure so um i think honestly i think um i'm i'm probably leaning towards letting him go yeah to be honest uh and i think that is actually in some ways less to do with him and more to do with the emergence of a strong defensive core yep a strong that's only going to get stronger i think uh, we have a couple other prospects coming up through the pipe that um, look good. And I think that when you have a strong defensive core, uh, it makes your goalies look good. You know, yep. it, it, I, I think that it, it, it's hard to completely remove, you know, the stats of a goalie from how well your, your defense is playing, right? Unless your goalie yeah. is like, you know, a tin can and like is, <laughs> is not doing anything, right? Um, but if your defense is good, they're going to make your goalies look good or make their job easier. And so mm-hmm. as our defense gets better, I think we have to rely on, on like superstar goalies less. Right. And I think, I think based off of this year, even though it's not a really huge body of work, I think, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with, with letting Campbell and, and Riddick go, you know, duel it out in camp. Like I would Do resign, one, two, yeah. you know, resign Riddick or someone similar to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And like, Duel it out in camp, 
see how it goes. I mean, you can even keep Hutch around, right? <laughs> As a third string at yeah. most, right. honestly. Yeah, yeah. Hutch is like the new, is like the uh, goalie version of Martin Rinchen, but every <laughs> so you've gone to Hutch, you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah. He's the line, you know, like he, he's like, the line. Yeah, so I mean, uh, that's that's probably what I'm leaning towards. And because I would love to see, you know, Galchenyuk back. I would love to see Hyman have a, a respectable contract, right? Because you've already asked him once to take a little less. He's proven he he's he seems built for the NHL, right? Yep. Um, there are parts of Hyman's game that I don't, I guess, love, or I think he could do better. But you know, I mean, you you watch him play night in and night out, and he's 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 an NHL player, and he's going to be right. Feels like he's going to be for a long time. I'd love to see you know Spets like, I would love to see a lot of these guys back, and I don't know if like. Freddie is almost part of that core anymore. Yeah. As we talk about what the core of the Toronto Maple Leafs is now, right? Like he's he hasn't played in a good amount of games this year, or he's played poorly, and we're not really talking about him as part of the core anymore. No. And I I don't think there were a ton of there weren't a lot of redeeming elements to Freddie's game either which was sort of a, a big problem of it. It was that this year is just a really bad year and you can't count on a goalie when you know that, hey, this is going to be, maybe this is going to be it, right? Like if there were, if there was both ways, then you can be like, okay, well, maybe this is just, he's out because of these reasons. And I'm sure like his injury had something to do with it, but is that worth paying $5 million in cap or more? Yeah. And I think there is an argument to the fact that it is a contract year for him. Mm-hmm. And usually players do better in their contract year. And he's, he's done worse. So that's, that's unfortunate. But that's, that is how the game goes, right? But again, with goalies, I don't think it matters quite as much because there's always going to be a demand. It's always a demand for goalies that are able... like they, Other teams know that he can start and they know that he can play well. And that itself will give him at least $5 million elsewhere. Yeah, so. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think he, you know, if he plays better, knowing he's the number one, that's great. Yep. Um. Um. But I don't know if that's where the Leafs are right now, especially because I think that they've they've shown that they want to and actively promote a very competitive culture within their team, like yep. for spots, and it's working, right? It's working. Like yep. you mentioned, I a guy agree. like Adam Brooks, who's been in the Marlies like for for a while getting his crack and he looks like he wants to stay and there's a lot of other guys around who want to stay yep 100 percent uh shall we move on to the last 12 games yeah last 12 games today is april 16th i don't think there's a game tonight no there's a game tomorrow wait what's tomorrow saturday tomorrow saturday well, supposedly there's a game tomorrow, but we're playing the Canucks, which is you're in Vancouver. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, geez. That's that's a whole nother topic. But that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna play it. I don't think probably they're play no. They're. I doubt it. Yeah. There's no. I. I, I think Monday's even a question mark, honestly, because mm-hmm. we're supposed to play them again on Monday. Yeah. It's been really interesting to delve into that for a quick second. Uh, one of their players, I don't remember who right now, said like listen, like, I know, like, COVID is supposed to be this, like, two-week sort of thing, three-week sort of thing, 
but like he they're sort of noting the 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 physical shape that the players are in right you're talking about professional athletes you have to go compete like some of the stars are skating 22 plus minutes a night high intensity hitting like like sports like he's like covid's just ripped through us and we're not physically ready to play even though it's like beyond that sort of oh two weeks like they'll be back right it's like yeah we're not we're not ready and I, I don't know what they're gonna do, honestly. Like the NHL seems to really want them to finish out a full season, but it sounds like you, you're gonna have to pull up a whole like half the teams coming from the minors, essentially yeah. at that point, which is just no good, you know. Like that's it's really unfortunate. I mean, for sure, for everyone, for yeah. every, like honestly, for everyone, one hundred percent. Well, twelve but, games left. Um, <laughs> some of them against the Canucks. We don't know if we'll play them, but how do you think we're gonna end up? Well, I think I, I saw some Leafs comments um, last night or the night before talking. I think it was last night because it was during the Winnipeg game. Uh, talk about uh, we're gonna lose the top spot to Winnipeg, and then we're <sighs> gonna lose to Edmonton in the first round. And I was just thinking, <sighs> this is the most, this is the leafiest mentality I think I've ever seen. Like. <laughs> Yeah, but we're conditioned. We're conditioned, we're conditioned. to think that way. <laughs> Which is true. I, I do think that we hold on to... The optimist in me uh, says that we hold on to first place and we play Montreal in the first round. Mm. And I think that that'll be an interesting series, assuming that all pans out. Right. I, 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 think, that, um, I think that this team is, is going to be fine. Uh, they've shown that they're streaky and we're on a losing streak right now, but I, I have full confidence that they'll get back to winning again soon. Sure. For sure. I, th- I think we're going to hold on to that top spot. I, I don't think there's, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. We have four games against the Canucks yep. um, out of the next 12, um, yep. three against the Jets, three against uh, four against the Canadians and the one against the Sens. Um, and like you mentioned, if, if those games that the Canucks get delayed it's probably only going to help us yeah in terms of getting healthy in terms of resting a little bit right um and then you know I think it's go time right when you look at I I kind of like I like playing again like I like that we're playing against the Canadians soon yeah going into the playoffs um you know because then you get to you get to I mean you probably know them pretty well by now but (laughs) you know it's not like we're playing a bunch of um, squabbly teams kind of leading up to the end here. So, yeah, I think they're going to do well. Do you, out of, let's see here, 12, 12 games, what do you think their record is going to be in the next 12 games? You have to uh, guess. Let's, let's say eight. I want to say eight. Eight? I okay. think they win, I think they win probably everything against Vancouver. Yep. I would say they win two to three out of the Montreal games. I think we beat Ottawa and I think we take two out of the three games against Winnipeg. Okay. So eight, eight and four. I think eight and four. Okay. So that that gives us room to lose twice to Montreal and lose once to once to twice against Winnipeg, and then potentially lose that Ottawa game. I think you have to give all four of the games to, uh, from Vancouver to Toronto. Like, yeah. I mean, they might even have, have to, to forfeit, right? But not that I would want that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think when I've watched them play the Canucks, like it's. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the Canucks are going to be in shape, even if they are playing. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I think they might go nine and three. Personally, um, yeah. part of, part of it is more of a hunch than anything. But I'm yeah. really hoping, gearing up into the playoffs here, that they just they really get going. I really hope that they don't. 
Um, I think it's close enough that, uh, you know, like what would cap off the season finishing first, right? Yep. Especially when the normal division feels impossible to finish first. <laughs> that would just be so great. They're, they're only three points ahead of the Jets right now. Um, so, I mean, these games are going to matter. These yep. games are going to matter. I, I don't, I can't see them taking the foot off the, the pedal. Yep. Uh, um, put off the gas. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yep. I, 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 I think Jake, Jack Campbell is legitimate. Like I said, from watching him in, in, um, yeah. in, with the Kings, um, where he did start for stints, like for, for quite a while. So, so I think, I think he's going to keep playing well and think they're going to keep playing well going into the playoffs. And they're going to get, like Felino, right? Like guys like that. And that's that's a big in. deal. That's a big deal. I honestly, even if I think even if we finish second in the division, playing Edmonton, uh, assuming Winnipeg, of course, takes first, playing Edmonton probably is one of the best matchups of of the three. Like, I mean, I hate playing Edmonton because McDavid can suddenly be like, "I've decided <laughs> I'm going to win this game," and I hate that. Yeah. Um. But overall, the matchup against Edmonton is probably the best. I w- I would 100 percent agree. I would 100% agree that's probably the best um, that we have here. Um, like, maybe you lose one or two games because McDavid puts up five points, but, you know, as long as you well, shut him down a lot of the other times, you're good. Yeah, and I mean, he's even he's proven that he, he alone isn't enough, <laughs> enough. <laughs> to carry the team, right? The, you know, argue, like, right. Uh, I don't know how arguable it is, but you know the best player in the league isn't enough to to carry a whole team on his back. I don't know if anyone has ever really done that um, in yeah. the playoffs. So I mean, they Other still are missing a so few many select pieces. goalies. I think yes, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the closest I can I can think of is probably like without a supporting cast is probably that Vegas Golden Knights run in their first year where they had like. They had the boys, <laughs> and they believed. But Mark Andre Fleury was playing out of his mind every round, <laughs> right? Yeah. Until yep. he even even he ran out of steam eventually in the finals. But yeah, so I yeah. think I think they'll finish first. I think they'll win nine out of their uh, next twelve. Um, they are on a three game losing streak, but I think they will bounce back. Uh, and we'll see. Yep. See, we'll have to do another uh, video. Um, yeah, Check I mean, we'll progress. have to talk about how often we want to do this. For sure. Now that we started. For sure. That is as well. Uh, anything else you want to bring up before we uh, close here? Great conversation. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Maybe we'll save our... Maybe once the uh, the brackets are a little bit more decided, we'll actually start talking about that. For sure. We're on the way to the playoffs, but nothing's technically guaranteed yet. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Well, with that, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to Leafs Benny, our new <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs hey, pod- hey. breakfast podcast with Benson and Ben. We hope you enjoy this podcast as much as we did making it. Until next time, stay Canadian, eat some eggs, Benny, and go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go.